A study says that 6% of people will be watching the Super Bowl naked. A film festival will screen on a remote island for one person. And Taiwan waves a COVID quarantine fine for a man who was kidnapped. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. I think this is the only daily weird news podcast. I'm not sure, but let's pretend it is. It makes me feel happy. You're listening to Weird AF News. A study says that 6% of people will be watching the Super Bowl naked. That's right, naked. I watched the Super Bowl naked once because I lost a bet in the first quarter. (laughs) Damn you, bears! A study by Oracle has found that twice as many people will be watching the Super Bowl alone or with a virtual party this year. How sad is that, that you'll be watching the Super Bowl alone, many of you? Ah, unbelievable. It breaks my heart. I don't want to watch the Super Bowl alone. I've never watched the Super Bowl alone. It's been a very social experience for me. I'm a huge football fan. And also, I don't want to watch in a virtual party. That sounds awful, a virtual Super Bowl party. That's so lame. So lame. I don't know what I'm going to do for the Super Bowl, but I hope to be spending it with some friends. Uh, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I hope you're not doing a virtual party. Ah, the worst. Now, the study says that people are just as excited for this year's Super Bowl as in previous years, but they won't be spending the big game day with friends over pile of wings and pitchers of beer. Instead, 8% of the people that responded to this survey plan on attending one of these virtual parties. Ah, That sounds awful. There's uh, many, many stats in here. Uh, Twice as many people as in previous years will be watching the Super Bowl on their own or alone which perhaps explains why almost equal numbers, 21% of people, will be wearing pajamas as those wearing actual football fan gear. In a true testament to freedom, complete freedom, 6% of people that took this survey plan to watch the Super Bowl either in their underwear or nude. (laughs) Well, why not? If you're going to be alone, who cares, right? It also says that people will be spending less this year on the Super Bowl than in previous years with a 7% dip in people spending $1 to $500 on this particular holiday. Yeah, I usually uh, gamble $1 to $500. I don't spend $1 to $500. I go to somebody's house, I eat their food for free, and then I watch myself lose the money. (laughs) And then I cry in a corner. Oh, speaking of crying, they have some stats on that. It says men are twice as likely to cry at the Super Bowl as women, and 35% of people say the Super Bowl has made them cry before. Yeah. That's because we've watched our money just go right out the window, haven't we? One of the quintessential elements of the big game are fan superstitions, with Gen Zs surprisingly twice more likely to follow superstitions than baby boomers. Bucks fans are also more superstitious than Chiefs fans, apparently. Ultimately, fans are also looking for humor and inspiration in their advertisements. 11% of Super Bowl viewers will be only watching the advertisements. Wow, one-tenth of the audience... Is watching just for the ads? Yeah, I can see that. 53% agree that the Super Bowl would not be the same without funny commercials. I agree. I I do love the funny commercials. Uh, I I know I have a lot of listeners all over the world. I'm curious to know if you're going to be watching the Super Bowl, even if you live in, I don't know, New Zealand, Australia, some of these other places. Do you guys enjoy the Super Bowl? It's funny how they, they call it the world champions when you win the Super Bowl. They're like, you're the world champs. It's like, no. <laughs> this is just uh, one country that plays this sport, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> we need to slow your roll, everybody. 
It says here, according to Nate Skinner, the senior vice president of Oracle Advertising and Customer Experience, the Super Bowl is an experience people look forward to every year and an incredible opportunity for brands to reach and engage a huge audience. Yeah, yeah, we know. While the fan experience this year may be very different, he says, in order to make this moment matter, marketers and advertisers will need to use data to understand the changing behaviors and expectations. Our study from Oracle provides a glimpse into what to expect this year, and however the big game turns out, we are proud to call both the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers Oracle customers. We couldn't be more excited about their success. What is this, an Oracle commercial? For many, the Super Bowl is a day of relaxation and indulgence. 42% of people will be using it as a cheat day from New Year's resolutions. And 19% of people plan to drink more than the previous years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Some are even more ambitious, with 16% planning to eat and drink everything in sight. And 8% planning to drink a lot more alcohol than ever before. <laughs> with stats like these, it's clear that you don't need friends to have a good time on Super Bowl Sunday. Well, thank you, Oracle. I appreciate that. I don't buy all of these stats. I highly doubt this many people will be watching will be watching the Super Bowl naked. Uh, why, Jonesy? Well, it's a cold time of year. The Super Bowl is in January. Hello. I mean, unless you're living in a country that it's summertime where you're at, why would you be naked watching the Super Bowl? That just seems silly behavior to me. Well, I am a huge football fan. I'm so much looking forward to this game. I hope you guys will enjoy it this weekend. It's the thing that I'm looking forward to. And I hope that we have a... Yeah, a somewhat normal Super Bowl celebration and experience this year. Uh, maybe if we're lucky enough, we can get together with friends in a safe environment and just really watch it like we normally would. I just, I hope for that. And I hope for that for all of us. Yay! A Swedish film festival will screen on a remote island for an audience of one. Scandinavia's largest film festival is going ahead this year despite the coronavirus pandemic, but will be hosted on a remote isolated island and admit only one attendee, a healthcare worker selected from 12,000 applicants. Swedish nurse and film fan Lisa Enroth was chosen to be the 2021 Gothenburg Film Festival's castaway. Lisa will spend a week on the remote island of Paternoster watching films. <laughs> Sounds like a great vacation. Do they give her unlimited popcorn? What's, what's the bathroom situation? Lisa is quoted as saying, In healthcare, I seem to have spent ages listening, testing, and consoling. I feel like I'm just drained of energy. The wind, the sea, the possibility of being part of a totally different kind of reality for just a week. All this is just really attractive to me right now. <laughs> this is great. Lisa claims she's going to keep a daily video diary that will appear on the festival's website. The island of Paternoster is on the boundary of a dense archipelago off Sweden's west coast and is known for its lighthouse. And I'm looking at a photo of it here. It's pretty cool. This lighthouse looks really dope. By the way, I don't, I don't know if I said archipelago correctly. Is it archipelago or archipelago? Is it archipelago? Is it archipelago? <laughs> what could it be? The CEO of the festival, Merja Vester, says... It feels particularly right to be able to give this very unique experience to one of the many heroes of the healthcare system who are all working so hard against COVID-19. I kind of like this idea, but I'm wondering, why didn't you just send all the nurses to the island 
to enjoy the film festival. I mean, nurses know how to socially distance themselves. They can bring their PPE. I'm sure it would be fine. Why not have everybody on the island enjoying that experience? Just a whole bunch of nurses and doctors, frontline. Well, no, I suppose you can't do that because then you would be taking them away from their job, which we need right now because the world is inundated with a virus. Uh, but I, I really like the idea of watching films on a remote island. I wonder if they normally would do it on this island. It doesn't indicate in the article if the festival is typically held here or if this is just a special event to keep it as remote as possible and safe for Lisa. The other thing I like about this is the island of Paternoster. looks so cool. I would totally love to visit this remote island. Have, have any of you been there? I know I have some listeners in Sweden. I'm curious if you've ever visited Paternoster, the remote island, and gone into the lighthouse. Super cool, man. I love weird shit like this, you know? You combine a film festival with a remote island and a lighthouse and, and well, one person. <laughs> Taiwan waives a COVID quarantine fine for a man who was kidnapped. A Taiwanese man was penalized for breaching COVID-19 regulations, has had his fine revoked after it emerged that he had been kidnapped by debt collectors. The man, whose surname is Chen, returned from Hong Kong and began a 14-day mandatory home quarantine at a friend's house. The next day, however, men identified as debt collectors arrived at the house and mistook Chen to be his friend who owed them money. The men assaulted him, abducted him, and took him to his own home to collect the money owed. The Justice Ministry said last week, he was then returned to the residence where he had been in quarantine, which was his friend's house. <laughs> How crazy. You're at your buddy's house quarantining, and then a bunch of men come, like, give us your money. We know you, we know you got the money. Then he went to his own house to give it to him? I mean, this whole thing's crazy. Of course, he breaks quarantine. It was not clear how the police were alerted that he had left quarantine, but Taiwan's quarantine system includes electronic monitoring through phone signals. Chen was arrested and fined 100,000 new Taiwan dollars, which is the equivalent of about, I don't know, 3,000, for breaching the regulations. The Justice Ministry said Chen's explanation had been investigated and finally confirmed and that his fine had been revoked because he had been forced to leave quarantine against his will. Here's a quote from a spokesperson from the enforcement agency. The violation of the quarantine regulations was not caused by his own intentional or negligent behavior. According to the law, such behavior should not be punished and should be referred to the health unit for withdrawal. This is the first time a Taiwanese government fine for a quarantine breach has been reversed. The maximum fine for breaching these strict regulations in Taiwan is $300,000. This was imposed last month on a pilot who flew between Taiwan and, and the U.S., and traveled around Taipei while infectious, leading to the first community transmission case in more than 250 days. Wow, big outbreak because of this pilot. That's crazy. I was in Taipei during the outbreak, believe it or not, and I witnessed uh, before there was even a single death in the country. They were already, everybody was masking up, and my temperature was being taken to go into stores. I was required to wear a mask to enter a bakery, and that was before one death was registered. Isn't that amazing? The Taiwanese government, very strict about this. They were all on top of it from the get-go. And, uh, you know, I felt a little uncomfortable. I was really, I was the only one on a subway not wearing a mask for a few days. I was like, wow, these people are really masking up? 
No one's died over here. What are you guys doing? Well, they knew what they were doing for sure. They absolutely did. Can we do one more thing with this piece and just appreciate the fact that in most countries you cannot be kidnapped or will not be kidnapped by debt collectors? That's that's good. I mean, because if that was the case, then my student loan alone would would create a situation where I would just go missing and you would never see me again. Well, hello, my friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of this show. I always have to thank you up top. I feel like I'm obligated. I'll let you know how much I appreciate you. I got some nice emails, too, from people who, um, I guess they took offense to some of the bad reviews I've been getting. Cassandra wrote me, and Cassandra sends me articles all the time. So grateful for Cassandra Inglesby. She wrote, Jonesy, your annoying sidebars and songs are the best part of Weird AF News. I love hearing your related stories and your experience. It adds a personal touch to the podcast. Thank you, Cassandra. That's what I thought, too. But apparently some people do not want my personal experiences or my opinions. Uh, Samantha wrote me, Jonesy, don't let those bad reviews get to you. Keep on going on, man. There will always be haters, Karens of the world who believe others actually care about their opinion. Working full-time and running a podcast is not easy. I can't imagine. Your listeners appreciate you and what you bring daily, Sam. Wow, look at Sam and Cassandra. You guys made me feel so happy. I appreciate that. Uh, and don't worry, Sam. I'm, I'm going to keep on keeping on. I have to do what I do. This is what I do. So, yeah. And, and you're right. Working full-time and running a podcast five days a week isn't easy. You know, my friends, they, you know what they do? They do a podcast. Guess how often, guys? Once a month, maybe once a week. If they're lucky, their listeners get one once a week. I mean, I'm doing five days a week here, guys. This isn't, you know, this takes work. And uh, and therefore, I appreciate the uh, the positive feedback and uh, those of you who have come in my defense. It's so, it's so sweet of you. I really appreciate that. It makes me so grateful for my amazing loyal listeners. Um, yeah, so what else? Oh, um, a lot of people have been joining the Patreon lately. Uh, I don't have my emails in front of me so I'll, I'll mention them tomorrow but uh, people are joining the patreon to get the free florida man comic book like get it what are you crazy you'll get it you'll get issue number zero of tales of florida this um this piece is brought to you by title page comics uh tales of florida features our new favorite superhero you guys know who it is the florida man everybody knows the florida man don't we um, let me tell you where you can go. Title page comics, title page com. The title page comics Facebook page is where I go to then, well, you can go there to find a link to the, the actual, um, comics where they're being sold, which is indieplanet.com, indyplanet.com, which sells comic books. And then type in Tales of Florida. And you guys can buy the the series there, or you can buy the um, the issues there. Or you just get a free one if you join the Patreon. That's the other solution. Patreon.com slash weirdafnews. That's another way to get the first episode for free. Um, so check that out. You can also get there through my website, weirdafnews.com. Please call the show, 646-450-2012. Email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. Or follow me on Instagram, at funnyjones. I love to hear from... Uh, my listeners of the show. So reach out to me and say what's up. I appreciate all of you, and we will see you tomorrow. Hey, Jonesy, at the end of yesterday's show, you read a negative review from someone named Zach Casper. He made it clear that he only listened for three shows, and he won't be around to listen to any more. So 
he won't hear this review of his review that uh, I'm making now. But uh, it's important that the rest of the regular Weird AF family hear this. So I'm going to say, dear Casper, dear that Casper, uh, the points that you made, the three bullet points, well, you may not like Jonesy's uh, uh, fourth or fifth grade humor that you call it and his uh, uh, dumb accents and stupid, silly songs. But the rest of us, well, we appreciate the fact that Jonesy is a, a professional comedian having worked in Boston, New York City, and now Los Angeles. And the fact that he's taking uh, fresh, uh, weird stories and rather than just giving a dry reading of them, that he is uh, doing an, an improvisational reactionary read to each of those stories. And basically, we're getting a free comedy show with each one of these readings. So that's one of the things that we love about the show is his take on those uh, stories. Secondly, you said that he makes fun of people that have uh, an education or that are going to college and that uh, this podcast note has no impact. Well, Jonesy's constantly uh, putting himself down, making fun of his public education. And I've scolded him on that before. And uh, much to my chagrin, he keeps doing it. You know, he's always uh, calling out people to call into the show and inform him, educate him on subjects that he doesn't know about. And so I have to take offense to you, uh, that Casper, when you say that he's offending people that are educated and making fun of them. And to say the show has no impact, that's completely crazy. Um, he's made a, a family of people that care and love him and each other. And that's clearly evidenced by the way he broke down when he uh, gave us the story of the passing of uh, James, uh, uh, husband to James of Angel and down in Texas. And this is a family that cares about each other. And as far as bullet point number three, uh, the dregs that he plays the calls from at the end of the stories, well, I guess I'm one of those dregs and I'm going to do my darndest to defend Jonesy, just as Jonesy said Go ahead and make fun of him, him, but don't make fun of his callers. Well, you know, that's fine that you're not going to listen anymore to that, Casper, but I'm going to defend Jonesy to the end because that's the way he cares about us and we care about him. So that's what I've got to say, dear Casper. Uh, just as 